are listening to New Life Before. We pray that this message encourages you and helps you stay Jesus-focused. Divine guides to live more accurately. Divine guides to live more accurately. Now, who among you plays sports? Sports? Okay. Who among you uh, maybe dance or whatever? Dance? Anybody dance? Uh, I'm interested to know, is anybody here a dancer professionally? Professional dancers? Professionals? There you go, couple. Anybody professional sports people? In sports, professional? There you go. Okay. Isn't it true that in sports or dancing or, or things of the matter, you know, you have to be accurate. If you're playing basketball, there's a small hole. You have to be accurate. When you're passing the ball, you have to be accurate. When you're dancing, uh, especially with partners, you know, you have to be accurate with your dance, especially if somebody's jumping and somebody needs to catch that person. You have to be accurate. You know, uh, if you're interested, anybody interested in living life more accurately? All of us. You know, sometimes we get impatient. Lord, I, I want the information now. And, uh, you know, uh, I want everything. I want all the plans right now. I want to, but knowing or having the information does not necessarily lead you to living life accurately. It is in, in sports and in dancing, you need somebody to be there to help you out, to guide you. Okay, these are things that are inescapable when you're dealing with, uh, you know, sports and whatever. What about living life? Living life. I believe God has given us certain things so that we can live life more accurately. Gone are the days where, you know, you're just bahala na attitude, you know, wherever, uh, wherever it takes you, whatever the, wherever the day takes you, that's, that's okay. But God wants us to live life a little bit more accurately. Uh, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 to 17. I need, I need your help, guys. Amen. There you go. <laughs> so encouraging. But not really, because I, I want us to really think about these things. And uh, it may be, don't be deceived. It, it may be a simple message, but, but these are things that are being reminded to us so that, you know, you're not coming in here and just wanting a different message. What we want is the right message, not just a different message. Amen? It may be something you've heard before, but it is new today. Amen? So in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 to 17, See then that you walk circumspectly. Somebody say circumspectly. Some of you just spoke in tongues. Not as fools, but as wise. Say, I'm not a fool. I'm wise. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand the will of the Lord. What the will of the Lord is. So in in verse 17, it's encouraging us and letting us know that we ought to understand, not just know, but understand what the will of the Lord is. See, it's one thing to know the will of God. It's another thing to understand. Because when you understand it, you go, ah, right? And in this place, in a place of revelation where Jesus Christ is revealed, I may not be speaking things, you know, I'm speaking things generally, 
But I believe the Holy Spirit is revealing things to you that will apply, that is applicable in your specific area in life. Whatever you're going through. And then you go right there in your seats or later on as you go home or whatever throughout this week, you go, that's why. See, understanding is good. God wants us to have knowledge, wisdom, understanding. But God will not say, know His will and understand His will if He does not give you the ability to know and understand His will. It will not make sense. Okay? So, but I want us to look at the verse 15 here because it's interesting. It says here, see then that you walk circumspectly. What does the word circumspectly mean? In, uh, in Greek, it is the word akribos. Akribos. A-K-R-I-B-O-S. If you're writing down. If you want to have a tattoo, akribos. That's fine also. It's just weird. But akribos simply means to be exact, to be accurate, accurately, perfectly, and diligently. Isn't that interesting? So, it's saying, the scripture is saying, see then that you walk accurately, perfectly, exactly. And God will not tell you to live like that without giving you the grace for it. There is a grace. If you understand, if you're willing, if you receive this, you're able to walk in a daily, uh, in your daily life, live exactly, accurately. Amen? So how do we do that? You know, uh, last week we were talking about time, place, people, right? If you're here. We were talking about that. Even in that, it is within the verse that you'd see people, you'd see place, you'd see time. What did it say? That you walk circumspectly. There is you, who is the one walking, the person. There is the place that you're walking. And there is what? Redeeming the time. So all these things come together so that you can discover your purpose, God's purpose for your life. In Psalm 32, verse 8, in the New Living Translation, it says here, interesting, the Lord says, somebody else will guide you. Does it say that? Look for someone. No, it says here, He will be the one. I will guide you along the worst pathway for your life. No, it says the best. Listen. If for maybe last week or maybe today or you've heard the world the, the word of God or you you heard God or the Spirit of God say to you, I want you to take this path. You know why he wants you to take that path? It's always, if not if not most of the time, uh, most probably it's it's challenging. When God tells you something, it's challenging. But he will not challenge you without equipping you without empowering you, without providing for you. And it's always for the best. It's the best pathway for you. Okay? Let us not be moved by sight. He will guide you. I will guide you along the best path for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. That is a comfort. If you think at this point, where is God here? Guess what? He's watching over you. He's there before you. He's there behind you. He's watching out for you. Amen? So the question would be, so how is he going to do that? Because we, we like, you know, I like practical things. Among you like practical things. Okay, good. All of us, okay? When, when somebody's giving you advice regarding finances 
or things like that, or health things, uh, you know, aside from teaching you the importance of it, it's also good to hear, okay, these are the things now that you can do practically so you can apply these things. The things of God are not designed only for Sunday so that you can say, oh, I went. But on, you know, throughout the week, it's not applicable. No, it needs to be applied. It is real. It is something that is real that you can see and walk and really experience. And that's something big in Pastor's heart, really, for us to experience these things. Amen? So the question would be, how? How does he guide? Um, The problem is uh, uh, for people to get so focused on the how. You know, they lose sight of the person, Jesus Christ, and they focus on the how. These, these are the times where doctrines and dogmas and denominations are birthed. I'm not saying these are bad things, but if you get too focused on that, you cause division and you lose sight of who Jesus is. Okay, That's why you know, we get together in Jesus' festival regardless of doctrine or denomination or whatever, and we just focus on the person of Jesus Christ. Time and again, you will hear in this church to focus on. On Jesus Christ. Even if you're hearing, okay, these are the things, practical things. You always still focus on the person of Jesus Christ. We want to be simple. Uh, there's a very interesting verse in the Bible. In Colossians, in the Message Bible. Uh, if you want to be mature. Anybody wants to mature in your walk with Christ? Right? Maturity does not come out of seniority. Not because you have been a Christian for 200 years, it means you're more mature. Some people are 200-year-old babies, but not in this place. Because you're taught, listen, you're taught about the grace of God. The law is teaching babies and children about how to follow God. Do this, do that. That's how you train children, by do's and don'ts. But this place is for mature people. Because you're being taught by grace. Amen? It says there, if you want to be mature, to be mature is to be basic. What? No more. So who are we preaching here? Christ. No more, no less. And what's happening? You find yourself more mature than you were yesterday, than you were a year ago, than you were were five years ago. Who can actually say with honesty, Okay? And with humility, that you believe you're more mature today than you were, say, five years ago. Hello. Okay, some of you are so, so humble. Yes, it's me. Okay? So what are the things that uh, help guide us? The divine things that God has given us. Okay, we'll go through it. Uh, each of the five things, they're actually a teaching in itself. But we just want to give you nuggets so that perhaps maybe it will stir you up to hunger for more or even study it out. Okay? Uh, it, it will not be an extensive thing, but it's something that you can say, what did you mean by that? So that you can also, also in your homes or you know, small groups, life groups or whatever, you can talk about it some more in detail. It is inescapable for us as believers to live apart from the Word of God. This is the basis of our life. Jesus said, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and life. These, uh, uh, you are not, uh, you're not you know, fed by bread alone, but by every word that comes out, that proceeds. 
not even proceeded, not even came out, not even something in the past. It's something that you do that's fresh. Do you know God speaks to you uh, if we would listen on a daily basis about simple things? You know, God doesn't want to just talk about big problems in your life. God is not there for you to go to when you have big problems only. God wants to talk to you about little things. We have a baby uh, at home, uh, aside from my baby here. <laughs> um, we have a baby at home, and she doesn't even talk. And she starts making sounds. Ooh. Ah. Right? And you know what? It doesn't stop the parents from talking to her about she's beautiful, that she's, you know, we are blessed and all. We're talking to her. We're talking to him, to her like, you know, adults. But there are times that we go also, ooh. <laughs> See, wherever you are, God, God can talk to you if your language is, ooh, ah, ooh so cute. <laughs> so to, to encourage you to move forward, he'll do that. But he'll speak to you as well because you're maturing. And these are the instructions, the, the, the guides that we'll see. he will say, I want you to do this. What if, what if it's this? The word is inescapable because the word is the basis and foundation of your specific purpose. It is the, it is the basis and foundation of your life. Amen? In Matthew chapter 7, verse uh, 24 to 25, you've heard Jesus say this. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and you can say it and and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on a rock and the rain descended, the floods came and the winds blew and beat on the house and it did not fall for it was founded on the Founded on the, who is our rock? Jesus Christ. The word, the rock, same person, Jesus Christ. If you establish your house on the rock, which is Jesus, which is, which is the word, you will be unshakable. Oh, there's a lot of talk about shaking these days, right? Shaking in the you know, marketplace, shaking in the uh, economies, shaking in the uh, geopolitical whatever of the world, shaking the very earth itself. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed there's a lot of uh, exercises about earthquake and all of that, right? And it's good uh, to be aware and to be knowledgeable about these things, to know what to do. It's good. But your true foundation is unshakable. Everything else will shake that will be shaken, but you will stand. Regardless, I declare this, that you and your family will remain strong, will remain safe, protected in whatever shaking that comes because you are founded and standing upon the rock which is Jesus Christ and the word is strong in you and the first thing that comes in that's shaking what will proceed out of your mouth is what God says and that will create your true situation it will change the circumstance and it will uh, direct or, or, or arrange situations according to what God has says amen uh, I like it in the Message Bible. It would say, the words that I speak to you are not incidental additions to your life. They are not decorations. Oh, we should add uh, a painting here. The Word of God is not just, you know, a word. You know, a lot of people, 
Especially before, well, I'll just use our own home before. We used to have a huge white Bible. Well, it started out white, but nobody was using it. It turned out gray. And it would be dusty on one page because we're displaying to people that, you know, we have a big Bible. What's in it? Who cares? But we have one. It's not about that. We are not trying to display the Word of God just to let people know that we have a Bible. The Bible will be useless if it's, not, it's, if it's just in your home, but it's not in you. Okay? These words that I speak to you are not incidental additions to your life. Homeowner improvements. Who among you have had, uh, uh, what do you call that? Uh, when you do repairs or whatever, re- redecorate. Renovation. Have you ever had renovations in your home? Right? Who among you are undergoing a renovation? Who among you wants to renovate your home? Right? Right. So when you renovate, basically, you're just changing certain things, aspects in your home. But the foundation stays the same. Right? Jesus Christ is the foundation. He's not a renovation. Okay? You just don't want, oh, I want a better life. Maybe I should try Christ. No. When you are in Christ, your life is new. It is not, it's totally brand new, no sign of the old. Right? That's why some people would come to you and say, I don't even recognize you. Who are you? You're different now. You are glowing. You can say, I'm in love. I'm in a relationship with Christ. (laughs) Amen. I heard somebody say this. You know, uh, the person was living, uh, you know, a life that is just uh, abandoned to the flesh. Until Jesus Christ reminded that person that he loved... I mean, Jesus pursued this guy, telling this guy, I love you, I love you, I love you. And he got so in love with Jesus that the person he was living with said, Are you having an affair? True story. Are you having an affair? And he said, Kinda. But with Jesus. Because I, I believe that people will see the difference in you. Because you're founded. You have made Jesus Christ your foundation. It would say in Psalm 19, verse 100, Psalm 119, verse 133, that the word guide, it says, guide my steps by your, guide my steps. A lot of people, they go to uh, their practices. They go to people, they go to manghuhula, manghuhula hoops, okay? And they, they, they want to know what they need to do next. You know, there's still a page in the newspaper, horoscope, diba? <laughs> people wanted people want to find out what's in store for them for the day. You don't need that. Because you have the word of God and you have the spirit of God. And which we'll get to in a bit. But if you have the word of God, believe me, believe me. It is something that will make your life more accurate. You will live life more accurately. Uh, in Second Second Timothy chapter three verse sixteen, something that you've heard here before, but it's good to uh, say it again. Until verse seventeen, all Scripture is inspired by God. It is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It is it corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it, which it, the Scripture. 
to prepare and equip His people to do every good work. In, in the New, uh, New King James, it would say to perfect. Meaning, it didn't say here that He will use the devil, He will use sickness and disease, He will use uh, all these other things like uh, experiences, earthquake, whatever. He, he didn't say that. The Word itself, the Scripture, is able to equip you perfectly. For what? For your purpose here on earth. It will, it will teach you, guide you, so that you can live life a little bit more accurately. Now, in Hebrews chapter 4, it would say that the Word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. Uh, has anyone uh, studied sword fighting here before? Anybody? Uh, I remember when we were doing a show, uh, Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe, we had to train. And uh, we trained under a guy who did it like professionally. Uh, but, the, but the swords that we were using, they're blunt, okay? Because we're not using real swords, okay? But although, although it's not real, it still hurts. Because a friend of ours, uh, they, were, they were in the show, actually, right? It was in a show. And uh, the guy just went beast mode. <laughs> he forgot he was in a show and just did it for real. And the guy was hold, holding the sword got hit here. Okay? And uh, broke the bones there, shattered the bones, six pieces. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, sorry, it's not shattered, it's powdered. Okay? And... Uh, even until now, this was, you know, almost a decade ago, and his finger now is always like this, okay? But the Word of God, it says that the Word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. It's able to divide between, you know, uh, mind and soul, or spirit and soul, between flesh and bone. Have you ever had a situation where you really want to, your heart is really want to follow the will of God. Lord, what do you want in this situation? But somehow you're not sure. Anybody? So, I'm not really, I'm not really, Lord, I really want to know. You know what the Bible says? The Word of God is able to help you. You can't think it through. Mm, you know how hard I think. Mm, it's like, you know, constipated thinking. Some of you, when you're asked math, math questions, uh, right? Saman ako dun. But here's what I'm saying. The, the, don't panic when you get into that situation. Because Jesus and the Spirit of God is not panicking. They know. So if you don't know what to do, Lord, you know what? Help me. This is what I can do. I'll just read the Word of God. I will let the Word of God just to wash me. And then clarity comes. And then direction comes. I like the term uh, uh, two-edged sword. During the time of Paul and the uh, apostles, there's nothing, the, the ultimate weapon would be the sword, the Roman sword. It has con- conquered nations, conquered almost the entire world during that time. And so they likened, you know, if you, want, if you want to have a powerful weapon, the two-edged sword will be your weapon. And it's saying that it is sharper, it is better than that weapon. If we can translate it uh, in our time, it would be the laser sword. Sorry, lightsaber. What's laser sword? Voltes 5 atayon. Sorry, medyo. Si Teddy kasi nagsabi sa akin, ah, ano po laser sword? Laser sword! Galing pa sa dibdib yun. I remember. 
but the lightsaber. Okay? The lightsaber. It's, you know, there's no... Uh, everything is the edge. There's no flat surface. You know what they do when, when you have... When the technology that they have when they're trying to attack a building, it's laser-guided. So that it hits pinpoint, with pinpoint accuracy, what it's trying to hit. I believe if you put the Word of God in your, in your heart, your life will be laser-guided. Does that mean you will not make mistakes? There are sometimes, there are times that we miss it. We miss hearing it. But God will not miss in saying. I remember uh, somebody who was prophesying before, stood up in the congregation and then said, God said, blah, blah, blah. But it was, it was wrong. So later on, that same person stood up and said, God made a mistake. God does not make a mistake. We mistake in hearing. But God will not mistake in, in speaking. But I believe we can get more accurate in hearing. Okay? Amen? Let's go to the next one. Okay? Um, a lot of people, they, they want, Lord, I want, I, want, I want to hear your voice. You know, I want to hear your voice. I want you to speak to me. And some of them, uh, they would hear voices for sure. Because their desire, Lord, I want to hear voices or, or your voice or whatever. But see, they detach themselves from the Word of God and they just start hearing voices maybe not of God. Because their focus is, I want to hear, I want to hear you, Lord. I want to hear you, Lord. I want audible voice, Lord. But who among you know that it's God who will choose whether to speak to you in audible voice? Or most likely, most likely, probably not. Who among you have actually heard the audible voice of God? I can say for myself, you know, probably Mitchie, uh, she's heard, I don't know. Every time she speaks, I feel like I hear the voice of God. Yes. Spirit. Okay? Because you're here. Um, I missed you yesterday. You were <laughs> but not a lot of people that I know has actually heard the voice of God audible voice of God. I'm not discounting it, but you should see the life of the person because there are some weird people. Who among you have heard, I've seen weird people before. And they can tell you, oh, I've, I've heard from God. Which kind of, I don't think I want to trust you. Okay? But the voice of God is dependent, you know, the, the spoken voice or the audible voice of God is dependent or is based on the written word of God. The Spirit of God will not speak to you opposite from what the word of God says. The, the Spirit of God will not say, that's the man for you. And you go, really? And then you find out, married pala. The Holy Spirit will say, ya amo, i-split ko sila. Uh, I don't know if that's the Spirit that you want to listen to. Because the Holy Spirit will not go against the word of God. The next guide will be, of course, the Spirit of God. Okay? And like we said, the written word is the basis for the spoken word. The Spirit is the one now, the Spirit of God is the one now who will reveal the specifics in your life. The Word of God will show you the general. It will show you and will have, you will have the heart 
for the things of God. The more you have that heart, the Spirit of God will now re- begin to reveal to you your specifics in life, your assignment, the things that, you know, uh, He will tell you maybe even on a day-to-day basis. Okay? In John chapter 16, verse 13, it says here, However, when, this, when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you into some truth. Into? All truth. For he will not speak. So the first thing is that if, if we believe that the word of God is truth, then the spirit is re- will reveal to you what is truth based on the word of God. He will not speak on his own authority. Okay? So the Holy Spirit is not here to promote himself. The Holy Spirit's job is always to point towards Jesus Christ. So if there are certain things in life that, you know, certain groups of people... The Spirit, the Spirit. But it's not leading you to Christ, I will question it. Because the Holy Spirit will not promote Himself. It's, he's always pointing towards Jesus Christ, the finished work, the grace of God, all these things. It's always pointing. To, they're not confused. They're not trying to uh, have that one-upmanship. Ah, Jesus, you did that. I'll do this. No, He's not, he's not divided. But whatever He hears, He will speak. He will, read the last bit, He will, He will tell you things to come. He will tell you things to come. Now isn't that something that we would like in our lives? Lord, Holy Spirit, show me. Tell me. I believe we are entering a season as a church that we live more accurately because we hear accurately. He will make it a point that you hear Him. But because our desires, you know, He will give us the desires, of our, our desire is to really hear Him, we are able to live. Listen, any business people here? You know what? Even if you're an employed person, okay? That's probably most of us. Listen. There will be this next, uh, the rest of the year, we're July, halfway through, right? Be aware that the Spirit is going to speak because He will give instructions so that multiplication comes in your home. I'm not just saying, I'm re- really, because there's a purpose for it. There's a purpose for increase. And He will give you things that you may not have even thought about. Maybe ideas for the, your job. Maybe ideas for your business. Be aware. Be diligent. Be discerning. Because He will be speaking. Amen? And I'm glad, you know, by the end of the year, we'd go, the business that you have grown for so many years and the growth that you've experienced for so many years, it has nothing compared to the growth that will happen this next six months. It will more than just double it, but it, it will blow your mind how much growth can happen within the next six, mean, six months compared to the last 10 years or so that you've been doing business. Be listening, be aware, because it will come. Amen? The Holy Spirit leads us. You know, there are several things. In fact, if I can uh, advertise this for a bit, you can. it's a class in the, our night school, our uh, life series, being, uh, being led by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. 
and uh, it talks about in detail how he leads. I will show you just the very basics. Okay? The way that God leads you is through inward witness. There's a witness. There's something, you know. Uh, not an audible voice, but you know it's, it's leading you towards something. Uh, it may be leading you to do something specific. It may be leading you in your heart. It's more like a, you know, it's not something outside. You know, it's from within because you have the Holy Spirit. The Bible says uh, uh, that the Spirit of God will bear witness with your spirit. One thing that you need to be aware of so that you can be aware of the Spirit more is that primarily you are a spirit. You are a spirit first. Don't think it's so hard to communicate with God. No, it's not because you are spirit. God is spirit. He is one spirit with you. Even before you, your, your, your first identity is not the you, the you outside. It is the you inside. It's God in you, uh, uh, focused, right? Lord, you're here. You're with me. I am in you. You're in me. We are one. So that it's not a confusing thing. Lord, it's so hard to hear you. Guess what? I believe that mindset is changing. Amen? So, you have that in Romans chapter 9, verse 1, amplified. I am speaking the truth in Christ. I am not lying. My conscience enlightened and, um, and prompted by the Holy Spirit, bearing witness with me. So the Holy Spirit will be a witness in you as well. Right? Another way that He would lead you, the Holy Spirit, uh, really, a lot, of, a lot of times is by peace. By peace. It is not peace from without. It is not peace because everything is settled. There is a peace that comes when you know, oh, everything's okay, you see it. But sometimes within or in the midst of the challenge or the things that you're going through, because you've, you've um, acquired, because you've you, you prayed and all these things, you know, you've, you've, you've uh, focused on Jesus, there's a peace that will settle that you would know everything's going to be okay. Even if you don't see it yet, you know that you know it's going to be okay. Because there's a peace within you that will settle. What does the scripture say? Colossians chapter 3 verse 15. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Lord, where is the peace? Uh, For some people who may be thinking, you know, it's better to go abroad. Or maybe it's better to go, you know, back in the province or whatever. Whatever you're thinking, allow the peace of God to rule, rule in your hearts. Don't just be led by, oh, it might be better there, or it might be better here. Don't be moved with that. A lot of people, they think Metro Manila is the place. And they come here and they discover life is, life is not that easy here as well. Uh, I remember talking to a guy who, you know, he came here uh, from the province, from Bacolod or something like that. And he was thinking, I'm, I'm going to work. It might be easy to find work or whatever. And then you ended up uh, going back to the province because he says, you know, you have to find rent. You have to find a place to stay, pay rent. You know, the food is more expensive and transportation is more expensive. All these things add up. Yes, you're probably earning more, but you're spending so much more. But what, he, what led him here is thinking, I'm going to earn more there. Don't be led by that. Because you're led by the Spirit of God. Amen? Whatever it is, don't be led by God. Oh, I'll transfer work or whatever. Don't be moved by that. 
allow the Holy Spirit to lead you by His peace. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 to 7, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, then say by some things, by few things, it says, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, Lord, I thank you, Lord. You will never miss out thanking God. It's never a wasted time thanking God. I pray that you be inventive in, inventive in, your, in you thanking God. Lord, I want to thank you for, I just, I just want to thank you today. I thank you, Lord, I have a shoe. I was going to say I have a shoelace. I don't have a shoelace, Lord. I don't have to tie my shoes. Whatever, you know, just begin. Have that attitude, have that heart of being thankful. Amen? And it says there, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. I don't understand it yet. I don't know what's going on, Lord, but I have peace. It says, will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. It all boils down. It will always lead towards Jesus Christ. What is our security? What is our guarantee? Jesus finished it. He died. Moreover, he's alive. He didn't stay dead. So these are the things, this is the reason why we can be so sure. He died for it. Amen? Another area that I want to look into, so you have what are the divine guides, okay? The ultimate, the two things, the one-two punch is really the Word of God and the Spirit of God. Okay? The Word of God and the Spirit of God will knock out your situation, knock out your circumstance, okay? And uh, make it towards the good. Amen? There are other things in the peripherals that's also important and a lot of people discard but I want to say it here because I believe these, these are part of the things, part of the tools or, or instruments or guides that God sends us to help us along the way. Number three would be the woman of God or the man of God that, sets, that He sets in your life. This is an individual decision. Yes, you may be coming here as a family and that's good. But we ought to be teaching our children as they get older, to make a decision for themselves. Okay? Because in the end, God has a purpose for them. We may have purpose for them as, as parents, but in the end, we need to bow down to God's purpose for them and God's plan for them. Okay? We can help them. We can help train them. We can encourage them. But inevitably, in the end, they will have to choose. Because they have to choose Jesus for themselves. Anak. Uh, don't worry, I'll receive Jesus for you. You don't do that. Right? Oh, guys, we're Christian, ah, kasi you were born in this family, you're Christian. No, a person becomes a believer when they believe, not when you believe. You believing can help them decide to believe. Your living is more important than your believing, meaning your living will show them that what you're believing is real. But nobody can make decisions for anyone. The Bible says in Romans, I believe, be convinced in your own mind. Be convinced in your own mind. So in other words, I believe every person here, if you just ask God, God will lead you to, to the right place where uh, the right man or woman of God for you is going to help you. 
going to help you, guide you. We cannot, you know, uh, I had a series. We had a series in uh, midweek about discipleship. This is the pattern and the, 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 the order that Jesus set before he went to heaven. He said, go therefore and make what? Disciples. So if there are disciples, there are those who will train, who will mentor, who will instruct, who will coach, who will guide. These are the people that will demonstrate and guide you in your process. Since we have the Holy Spirit, these people are not designed to tell you what to do. Okay? Don't give pressure to those people, life group leaders or whatever. Wait, tell me what to do. No, uh, it's too much pressure to put on somebody. Also, if, if it's wrong, you tell them, it's your fault. Wait a minute. You have the Holy Spirit. You have the Word of God to guide you, to teach you. These people are there to help confirm or you know, rebuke or guide and say, maybe pray again. Pray again. Okay? I want to read certain scriptures. Um, in Second Chronicles chapter 2, verse 20, it's something that we've said before here. Uh, the situation is uh, bleak. Uh, Israel is under attack. The king rose up, prayed with the people, fasted with the people, and then the man of God rose up and gave some instructions. The man of God at that time, read the history of it. A man of God rose up, gave some instructions, and Jehoshaphat stood up right after that, and he said this. So they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Who among you wants to be established? It's good. Believe the Lord your God. And then he says, Believe in his prophets. Believe in the man of God. And you shall? Who among you wants to uh, prosper? If you get to choose whether being established or prosper, what do you want? Both. Um, established na lang. Safer. Wait, God wants you to have both. The blessings of God in the new covenant is not either or. It's all. Both and. I want wealth and then I want to be wealthy. I want to be, I want to be healthy and I want to be wealthy. I want to have peace of mind. I want to have... No, these things. All the promises of God in... Uh, in Him. Sabi Him, huh? All the promises of God in... Great. You guys know the scripture. I'm blessed. In Him are yes and amen. So it's not... God is not saying, okay, um, this one is already for somebody else, so you choose whether this one or this one, because I don't have a lot. Naubusan ng stock. Okay? Heaven does not go out of stock, my friend. Okay? So, you know, that the importance of having the man of God in our lives. We can pray. Pray, Lord, where do you want me to be? Who do you want me to, to support, to pray for, to follow? Okay? There's a man of God. There's a woman of God for you. I'll read the scripture. This is kind of important. Um, not to lift ourselves, okay? This is scripture. If you have issues with it, go to God. Hebrews chapter 13, 7 to 8 in the Message Bible. 
the rendering and the message is here. Appreciate your pastoral leaders, not my idea, the Bible, who gave you the Word of God. Take a good look at the way they live. Pressure? Yes. Take a good look at the way they live and let their faithfulness instruct you as well as their truthfulness. There should be a consistency that runs through us all. For Jesus does not change yesterday, today, tomorrow. He's always totally himself. Where'd you get from talking about a person and then Jesus? Jesus does not change. That's, that's, well, I mean, we quote Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But the context of that is really, well, look at the person that he sent. Okay? If that person is consistent to who Jesus is, you listen to that person. Not for anything. That's, how I, that's why I follow my pastor, Pastor Giselle. Because not only that the words that they're speaking are true, when I looked at their life, it's true. And that it cannot be denied. Uh, I'll jump to verse 17. It says here, Be responsive to your pastoral leaders. And just, hindi lang appreciate. Okay, I appreciate you, but I won't listen to you. Say, <laughs> so be responsive. Respond to your pastoral leaders. Listen to their counsel. They are alert to the condition of your lives and work under the strict supervision of God. Pressure. But God is good. Amen? So, if you look at the pattern in the, in the scriptures, there's always a man of God that God raises. Abraham, Noah, Joseph, David, Moses, Paul, the disciples, on and on. There's always a man of God that God raises for that generation. If you consider this, this New Life the Fort, your church, the man of God that was set here is our pastor. Pastor Giselle, we look. You may not have, you know, personal access to their lives, but he also delegated certain people, the ministry heads, the department heads, the life group leaders, so that we're all connected one way or the other. Amen? Another thing, really, uh, last few things, and then we'll end. Okay? So you have the mind, you have the man of God, you have the, you have the word, you have the spirit, you have the man of God that was set over our lives. Okay? You have the household of God. What is the household of God? The Bible says uh, the household is the household of faith, the family of God. The Bible says that, you know, we are all members of his body. He was the one who chose where the members ought to be in his body. You did not choose where you should be in the body of Christ. If you're prayerful and, you know, really sought, Lord, where do you want me to be? God will place you. There's a local church for you. But I'm talking about this community of believers here in New Life, the fort. It is important. You cannot be a Christian apart from a community. You cannot. It's, it's going to be hard. It's going to be a challenge to live life on your own. You're not designed to live life on your own. God's design from the very beginning is you come out of your mother's womb and sets you in a family. What is a family? A community. Because God wants you to learn and in the end express Him in the context of a community. What does the Bible say? Okay, uh, Let us hold fast in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23 to 25. 
Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For He who promised is faithful. And let us consider, consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some. That's not here. Because we like to assemble together. Okay? Time and again, you'd see there's a scripture that says in Ephesians chapter 3, it would say, you know, He's the Father. But the Father of what? The family that is in heaven and, and on earth. And then it would say that, uh, that we may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, the height, the depth of the love of God. You personally cannot understand and comprehend the depth of love, uh, the depth of depth of God's love on your own. You need love is designed for relationship. Love will not work apart from relationship. The very idea of love is in a relational setting. That's why God is the God of love. But don't mistake, don't get this mistake. Somebody wrote a book before that God made people because He needed them to express His love. Wait a minute. God is able to love even before people because within God is a community of the Father, Son, and Spirit. Amen? So you have the household of God. You know, praise God. I'm, I'm glad that I'm in this church. God put me in the... You know, I love the people the groups, the teams that we have, you know, just watching them work together. There will be conflicts. Okay? There will be conflicts. Some people, they want peace. And they, when they imagine peace, there's no people. This may, not, this may not be the perfect church. But God dwells in the people. God loves the people. We are all being perfected. If you find the perfect church, don't go there. Because it will cease to be perfect once you get there. So God loves the household of God. There's always support. You know, the household of God, the community of God, is the one that will encourage you, support you, edify you. Uh, you know, that's why people get paid to be cheerleaders. Yeah, because it, it helps the players. There are people that are in, there to encourage you. Don't give up. We're here with you. You know, if you fall, they're there. Let's go, brother. Let's go, sister. I'm here. I'm going to help you get up. Amen? Household of God. How, what's our response? How do we respond to these things? And Because our response is also important. We respond by worship. Worship helps you focus. We, res- we respond by prayer. Do you know that Jesus prayed? Some people are thinking, oh, Jesus is God. He doesn't need to do anything. No, He prayed. Oh yeah, He worshipped. The Bible says in John chapter 4, in fact, I'll probably end uh, last two scriptures. It says here in John chapter 4, 23 to 24, But the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. For God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Worship. Prayer. Every time Jesus came out of prayer, there was instruction. There were, there were certain specific things that He needed to do. 
He came out of prayer and chose the 12 disciples. He got instruction. He was accurate in who he wanted to. He was so accurate in his prayer or after the time of prayer that the disciples came up to him and said, Teach us how to pray. Teach us how to pray. Worship. The Chronicles, uh, Second Chronicles 20, a while ago. You know how they got their victory? They were going out to battle with their praise and worship team in front of them. Maybe we should do that one of these days. There's a battle in front. Praise and worship team, you're the first in line. They were worshiping the Lord. What were they saying? You know, your mercy endures forever. Your mercy, your loving kindness endures forever. Despite what you're going through, there's always time to just lift up your hands. Say, Lord, I don't know what's going on, but I'm going to praise you. Help me focus on you. You are so good. Hallelujah. Last scripture, I'll read it to you. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 to 4 in the Message Bible. What's our conclusion? Let's read it here. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, your eating, going to work, and walking around life. Who among you sleep? Some of you, some of you are still sleeping. Who among you eat? Don't raise your hand, I can tell. (laughs) Going to work, walking around life. That's like every day. And place it before God as an offering. Worship. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. So good. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You will be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what He wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you develops a well-formed maturity in you. I'm speaking to you out of deep gratitude for all that God has given me. And especially as I have responsibilities in relation to you. Living then as every one of you does in pure grace, it is important that you not misinterpret yourselves as people who are bringing this goodness to God. No, God brings it all to you. The only accurate way to understand ourselves is by what God is and by what God and but what He does for us, not but not by what we are and what we do for Him. And this way we are like the various parts of the human body. Each part gets its meaning from the body as a whole, not the other way around. The body we're talking about is Christ's body of chosen people. Each of us finds our meaning and function as part of His body. Bow your heads, close your eyes. If you're interested in living life more accurately, raise your hands and I want to pray for you. If you're interested in living life more accurately, lift your hands and I'll pray for you. Father, all these hands are lifted up. They're just saying, Lord, I surrender 
to my ways. I set that aside and I focus on your ways. I will not rely anymore on what the world is concerned about, but I will focus on you as you continue to guide me in my everyday, not just when I have troubles, not just when I'm going through tough times, but you will guide me in the simplest things to the most complicated things in my life. That I will live life accurately. I will live life, a laser-guided life. And in the same way, by walking it out, display the person of Jesus Christ through my life. This is a prayer for everybody here whose hands are lifted up. May it be so in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Continue to bow your heads and close your eyes. I just want to talk to certain people. If you have never given your life to Christ, you never remember a point in your life where you surrendered and say, Lord, enough is enough. I can't live on my own. I need you in my life. Jesus, be Lord. If you've never said that in your life, and if you want to do so today, because the accuracy of your life depends and begins in the person of Jesus Christ, I want you to lift your hands and say, Pastor, I want to receive Jesus in my life. I've never done so. So go ahead and lift it up. See some people lifting up their hands. Go ahead. There you go. There you go. Maybe on the fourth floor as well. If you've lifted your hands, I want you to pray what I'm going to say. Pray it from your heart. And the people around you will pray also with you to support you. Say this with me if you lifted your hands. Say, Jesus, I give you my life. The life that you have given, the life that you have surrendered on the cross, I receive. That starting today, I can live my life accurately and fulfill the purpose that you have for me. I thank you, Lord. This is a new day. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening. For more information, follow us on social media or visit our website at newlifebefort.com.